Well, you probably may think, well, I know she's going to say you need to budget, you need to put some money on saving in savings, those type of things. And yeah, those are good. But really, the, the things that you need to build your financial confidence are, are number one. You are listening to episode 431 of the Latina Mom Legacy podcast. Do you know what your money story is? Do you know what you need to build financial confidence? In this episode, Latina Mom of Two, military spouse, Latina money expert, and podcast host of Her Dinero Matters, Jen Hempel, shares three tips Latinas need to build confidence with their money. Join us as we talk about why your money story matters, three habits you should create to build confidence with your dinero, and it's not budgeting. Plus, we'll talk about how she's raising bilingual teens, her own bilingualism journey, and we discover what changua is. Así que no te lo pierdas. You're listening to the Latina Mom Legacy Podcast, where we empower moms raising bilingual kids, talk about growing up Hispanic and tradiciones, and celebrate motherhood. It's time to keep it real, learn tips and tricks from other moms like you, and start creating a legacy your abuela would be proud of. If you're a Latina mom or have a multicultural family like mine, then you're in the right place. I am your host, proud immigrant daughter, rock star wife, and mom to now six-year-old Victoria Grace. Soy yo. Mi legacy founder and cafecito lover, Jenny Perez. Hola, hola. ¿Cómo estás? I hope that you're doing well. I hope that life is treating you kind. Welcome to another episode of the Latina Mom Legacy Podcast. I am your host, Jenny Perez, a Latina mom raising a multilingual daughter. If this is your first time listening, thank you for tuning in on Tuesdays like today. You can expect guest interviews and we do four segments during the show. So I like to start the show with a monologue and catch you up and inform you about any events or anything that's going on within our, our Mi Legacy community or anything that's going on in my personal life. Then I start the interview part of the show and I always start by asking our guests how they're raising bilingual kids, any tips or struggles that they would like to share with us because as a Latina mom who's raising a multilingual child, it's important for me to to connect with other moms. And I think it's also important for my listeners, for you to, to listen to other moms moms and, and hear their tips and their struggles so you can build a, a stronger connection with, with our community. In the next segment that follows, each guest shares with us empowering tips based on that day's show topic. Uh, so today we're talking about dinero and we wrap the show with a fast round of questions where we talk about tradiciones, Latino foods, and growing up Latina. The idea is really to listen to other Latina moms tell their stories and the legacies they're leaving behind. So if this is the first time that you're listening to the show, welcome to the show. Show. So I have to give you an update on so Fridays I do a Feliz Friday update, which is super informal and I just I like to offer you empowering tips. It's like a like a mini coaching session, whether it's about raising bilingual children or just motherhood in general. So last week I shared with you what I learned when my daughter fell at the playground and uh, she broke her elbow and she had to have uh, emergency surgery. So yeah, so that that was pretty scary. So I walk you through everything that happened and, and what I learned in the process, which is, uh, which was a lot, actually, especially when it comes to like dealing with uh, insurance companies and, and, and the hospital and stuff. So if you're curious, you can take a listen. It was kind of sad, though, because we missed the trunk or treat that was going on at her school. And the idea was for me to dress up and to uh, decorate the car. But I, I opted to get out of it because I... 
I just didn't have the heart to still do it while she was at home and all, you know, all her friends were trick or treating at the trunk or treat. So, so anyway, so I canceled that. But uh, but we are still looking forward to trick-or-treating and Halloween and uh, celebrating El Dia de los Difuntos. And uh, if, uh, by the way, speaking of Halloween and Dia de los Difuntos, if, uh, if you want to learn a little bit more about how you can celebrate Dia de los Muertos with your kids or if you want to listen to some fun stories about Latino leyendas, you can listen to episode 003. That's like the third episode going way back. We're going like three years back now. <laughs> it's a fun episode and it'll give you some some tips and, and you get to kind of see where where it all started. I'm also so excited to share with you that the next interview episode will be with NYC Tech Mommy blogger Monica Encarnacion, and we are doing our annual holiday toy recommendations and giveaway. So that's going to happen, I believe, November 11th, I think is the, the show air date. So I am so excited to share all the toy recommendations. We do bilingual toys, educational toys, uh, everything that you can think of that is on your child's list, we may have it on our list. And it's also great for gift giving. And Monica and I work with uh, toy companies and we get a lot of insider information about what's hot and what's not. So this is uh, this is a lot of fun. And for me, I love doing the bilingual toys because I know that sometimes those can be a challenge and part of uh, raising a bilingual child is making sure that Spanish is fun for them. So um, be sure to tune in. On today's show, I have Latina mom and money expert, author, speaker, and host of Her Dinero Matters podcast, Jen Hempel. And she's going to empower you to build confidence with your dinero. I can't wait to share this with you. Espero que te guste. And uh, I'll talk to you soon. Ciao, ciao. I am so excited to have Jen Hempel on the show. Jen, thanks so much for being on. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to have this conversation with another Colombiana. <laughs> I love talking about dinero and about money and empowering moms, especially to uh, do stuff with their money, to make their money work for them and to help them grow. And I cannot wait to have that conversation with you. Uh, but first, we're going to talk a little bit about uh, about you and get to know you a little bit better. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Soy de Colombia. I'm from Bogota, Colombia. And we moved here. And I say I moved here because I was born with two uh, dual citizenships. My dad is from here, from the U.S. So I was privileged to have uh, dual citizenship. And so when we moved to the States, I was eight years old. And I want to share this story because I think it, it will be good, especially when we talk about teaching our kids to be bilingual and the challenges with that. So when we moved to the U.S., my mom couldn't leave Colombia right away because she had mm -hmm. some paperwork to do. And there was just a lot of last minute things that she needed to do. So we went to my dad's sister's home in Idaho. Mind mm -hmm. you, even though my dad's American, mm -hmm. we didn't know. English. Like we had little words like, thank you. And please those little snippets, but we, we didn't know anything of English. So here we are, my brother and I, we're in Idaho out of all places, <laughs> Idaho. Uh, they didn't speak any Spanish. And so that's how we learn English. But in that one year, my mom wasn't with us mm -hmm. and we lost the Spanish in one year. Oh, wow. so we learned mm -hmm. the English lost the Spanish. We, uh, then we moved to Georgia. My mom was able to come up then Imagínate, she couldn't speak English. 
to her. She couldn't speak to her kids because we. Oh my god! I was gonna say, how did that work? How do you communicate with your mom? So when she got that back? was that was a challenge because she didn't speak English or very mm-hmm. well. It was very little English, and here we are. We had lost the Spanish. Wow! Over time, because Colombia is very it's dear to dear to me. I learned Spanish again because that was very important, especially I had a close relationship with mi abuelita and mm-hmm. to be able to talk to her, I needed to speak Spanish. So right, I right. definitely relearned it, but my brother had no interest. Mm-hmm. And I share this because he regrets it now as adults mm-hmm. uh, and he lives in Spain, in Madrid, and he has had trouble because once you're an adult, it's, it's more it's difficult. It's not as difficult. And so he regrets it and he talks to my kids and we'll get into that and how you need to learn Spanish just because of the challenges he has had as an adult and choosing to live in Madrid mm-hmm. <laughs> where they're speaking Spanish. So I wanted to share that because that shares a little bit about, for me, the importance of my kids speaking Spanish. But so I have two kids, speaking of mm-hmm. kids, I've got two boys. And uh, now how old are they? When it just turned 20. Oh my gosh, I'm a mom of a 20 year old. I'm still trying wow. to get used to that. <laughs> and the other one is 15. So one's in college and one's a sophomore in high school. And fortunately, they have, uh, they have gained and I mean, they have always been proud of, you know, their roots and, and mm-hmm. everything. Um, but it hasn't been maybe a few years back where they've really taken an interest in Mm -hmm, in Espanol mm -hmm. because when they were little. Well, now I think being, being Latino is kind of cool though, right? I I think (laughs) so. I think think so. Things are, (laughs) things are changed, but I'm also a military spouse. So we've been in the military for 22 years. So we've moved around a lot, uh, which has been good. It's it's had, Mm -hmm. it has had its challenges and it's, it's got its pros as well. I mean, there's, Nothing like meeting some fabulous people, meeting, establishing some really great relationships and, and friendships. Uh, so that's uh, that's a little bit about me. So you have two sons, one fifteen and one twenty. So let's talk about their language learning journey. So let's talk about them hablando español, the struggles, what has worked, what hasn't worked, and where are you at now? With my oldest, interestingly enough. Su primer idioma was Spanish. And why? Really? As we mentioned, we're a military family. So mm-hmm. when he was, he was barely one year old, we were mm-hmm. moved to Peru. We lived in Lima, Peru for a couple of years. Oh. And there we were discussing with different parents because you've got different families mm-hmm. uh, that have that maybe they have kids that they want to learn Spanish and just discussing how are we going to do this? So I was told the advice I was given, which I didn't mm-hmm. follow, <laughs> the advice that I was given at that time was you speak Spanish to him and your husband speak English to him in the home that just stick to that and you'll be mm-hmm. good. Well, my challenge for me my husband was traveling a lot. Mm-hmm. So I felt like if he was not there, no one was speaking English to him, he mm-hmm. wouldn't be learning English. So right. I would speak some English at home. And of course, when we were out and about, there was no way around it. We spoke Spanish. Mm-hmm. So then several years later, we moved back to <laughs> we moved back to the US. And here he is. He is three, about three, almost going on four years old. Mm-hmm. And he understands both languages perfectly. He understands it. And so we put him in a preschool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we put him in this preschool and he's there speaking Spanish to the kids, the 
kids are not understanding. They're speaking English. He would respond in Spanish. He would just get frustrated because he's like, I'm understanding them, but they're right. not getting me. Right. right so eventually, right. of course, they it's picked up quick. He learns, mm-hmm. he, he figures it out <laughs> and right, he's right. speaking English, but there's different things that sometimes for it by because of being bilingual, you just mm-hmm. don't catch because you understand it. So I love aguacate, right? Agua, we, <laughs> we love some aguacate in our <laughs> <Me> family. <too. laughs> and so he would ask me for watercate. And I was like, I, I understood it. I didn't catch it because aguacate, watercate. So there were little d- different words that I didn't catch and didn't correct because it just made sense. <laughs> it just made sense to me. Uh, so eventually yeah, he lo- he lost the Spanish. Um, then my other, my youngest son was born and, and just trying to teach. I would speak like there's some things that like the bedtime routine that mm-hmm. I always did in Spanish. Mm-hmm. Siempre en español. And so that was a good thing because they, they know those things. But in terms of me speaking them to Spanish, this challenge for me was like I would speak to them in Spanish. They were responding right. to me in English. And boom, what came out of my mouth? English. English. <laughs> Right. And so that was a challenge. So it was, I wish I had heeded that advice that I got early on because it would have stuck as a habit, but Mm -hmm. I was so afraid that I, he would not learn the other language that I just kind of did my own thing. But I think (laughs) once, if you establish that habit and stick to it, I really, really tried to have them speak English or Spanish to me, but it just, it was challenging. Um, but now I, there's the interest there, uh, especially right. oldest. He's wanting, he's in inter- international relations. He wants to eventually work oh, in Latin America. So mm-hmm. there's, a, and, and honestly, like his writing academically in Espanol mm-hmm. is a lot better than mine. Like, of course, I left when I was eight years old. <laughs> right, right. Uh, so the, me writing a college paper in Espanol, that's probably not going to fly, but he sends it to me just for me to review. I'm like, are you sure you want me to do this? <laughs> are you well, sure? I, mean, I will do my best. <laughs> uh, but I'm just really, really impressed with his written written uh, skills. That's awesome. And that's the thing is that I think a lot of people don't realize that uh, being bilingual doesn't necessarily mean that you're equally strong in both languages and that you can lose it. Because I will tell you, like, I, I grew up in, in Miami, my first language, because I, I grew up with my parents with Spanish, but I was surrounded by English. Fast forward to when I turned 12, that I moved back to Colombia because my dad wanted us to go to school. I was just surrounded by Spanish. So Spanish became my dominant language. So when I came back after being immersed in Colombia for four years and just Spanish, Spanish, Spanish all the time, that when I came back and started speaking English, it was a little strange to Mm -hmm. me, like, because I was so used to like hablando español todo el tiempo, todo el tiempo. And now that I've been back since English is my preferred language of choice. (laughs) And even like last night I was reading to my daughter. uh, So we're, we're starting like the chapter books in Espanol and, you know, we kind of alternate. And I have to have a dictionary because I'm like, what does this mean? I was like, wow, this is like really advanced reading. I'm like, what grade is this? And it was like fifth grade reading or fourth grade reading. But I, I was like, she, so she's so she's so funny. She's like, this is going to take forever. <laughs> That's awesome. so funny. Yeah, it's interesting because and plus, I think, you know, it's one thing to speak. Right. And you can speak ca- casually. But yeah, the other thing when you're trying to understand reading or like I mentioned, me writing <laughs> a college paper that's not going to fly. It's it's a, I think it's a different skill set because then you're talking about grammar, 
<laughs> and no, vocabulary, for sure. right? For sure. And speaking, you can just let it fly with your own vocabulary and you'll get by. <laughs> That's right? like when, when we went to Colombia and I was with my extended family. I mean, all they speak is Spanish, right? So they pull out some words and they talk so fast. And I'm like, see, sí. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I get everything, but they use like very articulate words in Spanish and it's very beautiful. And when like in my head, when I do the translation, no me sale, I'm like, I don't know what the word for that is. So, but when they speak it, because they're, they're doing it all the time, it's so beautiful. Mm -hmm. And what I tell parents is that you have to know what your expectations are for yourself and for your children, because like my expectation for my daughter is I just want her to be able to communicate with her abuela. Like yeah. I want her to be able to communicate yeah. with her abuela, have a conversation. But do I expect her to be a translator at the United Nations? No, <laughs> no. So if she can communicate, si se puede defender, if she goes to Colombia, if she goes to Spain, if she goes to any Spanish speaking country and she can find her way around, she can, you know, order food. She can like, for me, it, was I successful? Yes. Is it going to be perfect? Probably not. Pero se va a defender. Can she get a job where she needs, where she can speak Spanish? Yes. So then for me, that's, that's enough for me. But for some parents, you know, maybe they want their child to be fully bilingual and to speak, read, write perfectly. So then it's more, a little bit more of a dedication that you have to do and, and, and time right. investment. Yeah. And I'm right with you. I'm all about just being able to just have that conversation and that fluid conversation. I'm, I mean, would I like to have the perfect, uh, you know, better grammar? Absolutely. I just kind of go with my gut. <laughs> like, especially when I'm sending text, I, I do make the best effort, especially con mi familia, poner las tildes donde son. I don't do the the with the questions the upside down. I'm like, I gave up on that. I'm like, ah, it's, it just well, it's hard to find all the fun. <laughs> claro, and I'm like, they don't even do it. So why am I going to worry? I'll just worry about the tilde so they know I'm still legit. <laughs> <laughs> That's too funny. Any final tips for moms listening that are maybe struggling in raising their children to be bilingual? I think just go, go with your gut and just kind of take a moment. Like, for example, my younger one, um, he's de definitely very much into Espanol. He'll be like, even mom, no me estás hablando Espanol. No, so Ay, he's, lindo. So me habla Espanol. <laughs> if I respond in English, eso fue en inglés. And I'm like, so he's, he's doing that. So I think you have to take those moments where they express that interest and run with it and yes. really run with it. Uh, that's what I, I think that would be the last thing that I would say, and just kind of go with your gut and, and don't be so hard. Cause for a while I was really hard on myself and I'm like, Oh my goodness, I failed my kids. Right. I automatically failed my kids and they don't know Spanish. Cause I saw some other parents that, you know, they, and I was like, how in the world did, you know, they were both the kid, the kids were speaking dual languages, some uh, up to like three languages. I'm like, so I felt like a failure for a long time, but mm -hmm, I think mm -hmm. you just have to go with the flow with your own family dynamics. Your family is your family. They're unique. Uh, they exactly. got their own needs. Just go with the flow and not be so hard on yourself. Maybe at one time they'll express more interest. It just, just do the best you can do because it's, you can't just, it's like trying to get 
<laughs> remembering the days when my kids were little and trying to get them to eat and they just wouldn't and just trying to bribe them. And that's no fun. Right, right. No, the, no and you can't force them and no. you shouldn't force them. Yeah, you don't want them to resent the language. You don't want them to resent you. And uh, you they, they need to have a reason Mm-hmm. for them to want to learn exactly. and it has to be exciting for them so, exactly. so well said well said thank you so much for sharing oh you're welcome hey i gotta ask you are you trying to raise a bilingual child que habla espanol or have you just given up do you feel alone or frustrated in this journey do you think your child just doesn't want to learn or you don't have the time well if that sounds like you then the online course i created how to raise a bilingual child practically is for you por fin a course by a mom for a mom a course designed with you and your busy lifestyle in mind one that you can take in the comfort of your home as early or as late as you want that will give you practical tools and take you through this bilingual parenting journey I'm not gonna lie, I get vulnerable and take you down my own journey raising a multilingual child, but I offer you real takeaway tips, show you how to create and implement a plan that works for you, not fulanito or peranito, and offer you the secret to staying committed, consistent, and confident in this journey. Plus, so much more. So are you ready to take this journey with me? You ready to see your child hablar con sus abuelos? Are you ready to hear the words one day? Mami, papi, gracias por este regalo del español. Yo espero que sí. Visit milegacy.com and click on courses to enroll today. Ahí te espero. Okay, we are back. We're going to be talking about money matters with Jen Hemphill. Jen, I am so excited to have this conversation because as I mentioned, I love talking about money and empowering uh, women and empowering moms to really make their money grow and make their money work for them. Let's talk a little bit about your money background. Uh, you do consulting. You have a lovely podcast for the Natal Matters. Uh, tell us what inspired you to start on this journey. Well, as I, as you heard earlier, being a military spouse, one of the things is we move around a lot. Mm-hmm. And so the thing was, I wanted to have a career, but I didn't know how to make that work with all the different moves. But the other part of it was my kids. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because of the military moves, because of uh, the demanding work that my husband has, which means travel and Mm -hmm. and not being uh, sometimes at home, I wanted to make sure that I was doing something where I could be present. Uh, I saw my parents really struggle and work a lot, and I didn't see them a lot because of those reasons. So that is another part that I think really motivated me to figure out what can I do that I can be at home, still have a career, and mm-hmm. and do this military spouse moving around with the, with the family. And that, it took me a while to figure out what that was. And I realized that one, I was interested in finances. Mm-hmm. And, um, and two, when my husband sent me an email about an opportunity to become what's called an accredited financial counselor, it was a fellowship I applied. I fortunately uh, was awarded the fellowship. And so I went on that journey. But this was back in 2008 eight or so. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so then, yes, the internet was, you know, was available, but the <laughs> online opportunities that was very new or it wasn't really happening yet. Right. right? Zoom was um, still not that big. <laughs> no, we spoke on Skype. I mean, I remember using Skype, which people yeah. are like, Skype, what? <laughs> I know. <laughs> that's how Skype. I started. I know. That's how I started. This is Skype. They're like, what is Skype? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So 
I was trying to figure out what, how I would do, how I would do that. So that took me, you know, I didn't rush myself into <laughs> working, uh, especially with babies and then moving around a lot. It just, it didn't work out right away. Um, but I finally was introduced to the world of online business mm-hmm. and I figured, well, this is, let's see how I can make this work. And that's where I started. So back in 2013-ish, 2014-ish. Uh, that's when I kind of started the process, meaning I didn't flourish right away because right. you start a business and some mm-hmm. people get lucky, but I'm not the overnight success. And actually mm-hmm. that really doesn't exist. And uh, so I started that trying to figure out my way. And eventually that led me to podcasting, mm-hmm. which, cause what I didn't know is I needed to create some content to really have right. people that, how are people going to know me and, and trust me and, mm-hmm. and value what I do if, don't, they don't see anything. <laughs> they don't exactly. have anything to read or watch or listen you to. Just show so, up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That, so that's where podcasting came in. I was doing one-on-one coaching for a while, but for me, that wasn't sustainable because uh, it was just mm-hmm. at, at night. It, it was, it was tiring. I love my clients and uh, I still do it from time to time. And then mm-hmm, eventually mm-hmm. was because of the podcast, I was fortunate to publish a book I was um, be- uh, have become a speaker. I've been fortunate to work some with some wonderful companies, uh, consulting, doing different things uh, with them. My event, financially strong Latina, that started two years ago. Uh, so it just little by little, those things, these things happen. But really, my focus with what what I teach is, I really focus on making sure people know how important their money story is. And what I mean by money stories, how you grew up around money, what you saw, what you heard, because that really shapes us as to how mm-hmm. we perceive money uh, and how we manage money. And we really need to yeah. be aware of that. And that was something that I learned, but very later in life uh, and how much that was, I learned how much that was impacting me and how much that was impacting our household finances. So you have to have an understanding of that. I love that. And I love that in your podcast, you interview people that really go deep into their, their, like you said, their money story and their background. When you listen, you start connecting dots and you put yourself in these people's shoes. The women that are on are, are fantastic women. Their stories really, you listen to their stories and it really shapes who they are as an adult. And like I listened to one of your most recent episodes, your guest was saying that she sat down and she wrote the the family's checks, like she balanced the checkbook. And let me tell you, I, I had a flashback in that moment, like this took me back way, way, way back. And I was like, oh, my God, this was us. This was my sister and me, because I remember that my parents didn't speak very um. English very well. My dad's writing was very poor because he had like no education. So it would be up to my sister and me to write out the checks. And those were like one of my first like memories uh, with money and how that ties into where you are today. It's amazing how, how you connect those dots. And it's really important for people for people to do that to be able to do that. Yeah, it, it definitely is. Because sometimes if you you're not aware of that, you don't have an understanding of, of why you're feeling stuck with your finances and really mm-hmm. having going, just digging back into like those, at least even those memories and those money memories will help you. And, and just having that awareness will allow you to change some things, will allow you to have a new perspective, will allow you to really shift how you think about finances. So for me, like that's the foundational 
a -hmm. component of what I call the money headquarters that you don't hear that taught in schools. Of course, financial education is not, is rarely taught in schools, but it's just about budgeting, about saving, about getting out of debt. May, they may teach you about checkbooks, but probably not anymore, but they don't talk to you about the money story that, and so I want to make sure, you know, part of the podcast is I want to make sure that people have that awareness because that is key and, and foundational to your financial health, to your financial wellness, to building wealth, to all the things. And mm-hmm. you need to be aware of that. Well, everything that we do really ties back to a memory connected with an emotion and what, how we live our lives today. That's everything. Everything that, that we do is so strongly tied to that. So when you do the work and you really start to analyze your thoughts, you start to analyze, you know, your actions, what you've done in the past. And it really is work because you, you have to uh, be aware. Like you said, you have to become aware of that and, uh, slowly work on that so that you you don't make the same mistakes. You don't make your parents' mistakes so that you do not repeat that cy- cycle. And hopefully, uh, better for yourself, uh, make it better for yourself and make it better for your children and your grandchildren. Absolutely. Yep. Can't agree more. <laughs> so Jen, let's talk about three habits to build financial confidence. So you have three tips or three habits that you want to share with us? What are those habits? Well, you probably may think, well, I know she's going to say you need to budget, you need to put some money on saving in savings, those type of things. And yeah, those are good. But really, the the things that you need to build your financial confidence are are number one, keep track Mm. of your money wins. So any because we tend to especially as moms, we I don't know about you, but we I go through my day of, with a checklist of things that I need to do, mm-hmm, things mm-hmm. that I want to accomplish. And so what we tend to do is we mark those things off as we go. And then the next day we just start over. We don't take a moment to really acknowledge the accomplishments, what we mm-hmm. did. So when I talk about money wins and, and keeping track of those, it's any time that you find yourself, let's say, saving more, or you even find some money on on the street, whatever that may be, or maybe you had a a conversation with your spouse that didn't end up in an argument. Those are financial wins. Those are money wins that if you keep track of those, what it's going to do is when there is life happens, you know, there's, I don't think anybody has had a, you know, life happen or life not happen to them. Mm -hmm. So when you have those bad days, when you have those moments that you don't feel good about your finances, you can go to that list that you've been keeping of your mining wins. And it just gives you that boost of confidence that you need. So that's number one. I love that. Uh, number two is you need to make a habit of talking money. It's been a taboo yes. thing <laughs> and we're afraid of it, but just know that talking money doesn't have to be about the bills. It doesn't have to be about, oh my gosh, I'm still in debt. It doesn't mm-hmm. have to be about those things that brings us down that maybe are really weighing a lot on our shoulder, but it can be more about maybe you, there was a tip that was shared to you and you implemented it and it mm-hmm. really worked. 
that. You can talk about that. You can talk about so many other things. Like, like in, in the court, in the case of your partner, uh, you can have a conversation with them about their money story and about money memories. Like, what are some things hmm. that you remember? Uh, you can. T- there's so many different things that you can talk about that are not those that are weighing on your shoulder. And out of that, those money conversations or talking money you are building that confidence. It's so interesting that you say about your spouse's money story because so my my husband uh, is Bulgarian and he grew up in Bulgaria and Bulgaria was a communist country. So if I think about his money story and his family, his family's money story, it's that that you do not save because you're really technically not allowed to save and you're not allowed to have a lot of things that uh, we sort of take for granted in a country like the United States. So even like with his mom, his mom is in her 70s and she really doesn't save and she they they do a lot of things like with credit and to build credit because that's just how they did things that's just how and that is like so deeply ingrained where I am like the complete opposite and I grew up like the complete opposite like I was like no you have to save like that was like one of the first lessons that that I learned was tienes que ahorrar tienes que ahorrar Mm -hmm. so when I look at us as a couple we kind of offset each other because you do need credit and you need, you do need to build your credit for some things, but at the same time you save. So I take care of the savings and he sort of takes, takes care of the balance. (laughs) Yeah, I guess so. But it's so interesting how that, how that transcends generations. And it could be tricky though, because if it's something that is not empowering and that doesn't serve you, like you can find yourself in a big hole financially. Yes. But knowing, having those conversations and having an understanding of each other's money story allows you to understand, like you're having that understanding of Mm -hmm. your partner, why they do the things they do, how, why they manage the way they do or whatever the case may be. So I think it's just powerful. Even just that's a good conversation to have or good questions to ask, because then that will allow for when you have to have the more difficult conversations, right? You're able to ease more because you've already been talking money and you're more comfortable and confident around. Absolutely. And, and two, I love that you said that talking about money doesn't have to be a bad thing because also our associations are very important. Like for me, I try to associate positive things, or even if it's like, if something negative comes out out of money, I try to catch myself and rephrase it because I don't want me to like have that relationship with money as something bad. You know, I want it to be something good because also, you know, especially when you have a little one, like my daughter is seven, like I catch myself when I hear stuff come out of her mouth and I'm like, Oh, no, 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 mommy. I'm frugal with certain things. Right. But I want to make sure that she understands that, like, I don't want her to have that scarcity mindset. So sometimes, like, we have to watch what what we say around our kids. Yes, that's a good mm-hmm. point. So the tip number three. Tip number three is to just keep track of your progress. So if you are have a goal to save X amount of money, if you have a goal to go on a trip, you want to 
check your progress because if you're not keeping your progress, you're not going to stay motivated and you may just kind of fall off the wagon in terms of what you are doing. Maybe it's paying off some debt, but always keep track of that progress because that will give you that confidence and motivation to keep going. How you do it can be in a notebook. There's different ways. There's even charts that you can print off and color if you want to do it that way, if you're more visual. So however, you just got to, whatever way you do it, pick one that just works for you and that you'll be using and and be consistent with when uh, keeping track of your progress. And do not be hard on yourself too, as you go. Sometimes we like have big goals that we want to accomplish big things, especially at the beginning of the year, but then life happens and you have an unexpected expense, like, okay, maybe you wanted to, to pay down $5,000 or $10,000 of credit card debt. Right. But you know, you, you had a car trouble, you know, you, you had to spend a lot of money on your car and maybe you weren't able to pay off as much as you wanted. So when you do have that check in to not be so hard on yourself that some progress is better than no progress. Exactly. Right. Yeah. And even little by little, uh, you, you can get really, uh, really far. Absolutely. Tell us a little bit about the podcast and the services that you provide and where uh, my Latina moms and my Latina listeners can connect with you. Sure. Well, the podcast, as you mentioned earlier, Hurting It All Matters, we focus on the money story, but also providing simple strategies for you to manage your money more consistently and more confidently. So that's the focus of the podcast. I also bring a, not 100% Latinas, but I do bring a lot of Latinas because I want my listeners who are primarily Latina to be able to connect with someone Mm -hmm. that looks like them, has you know, similar experiences. So, and also to break the stereotype of what us Latinas do, because there's so many talented, talented, it blows my mind. Uh, Even though I already know they're talented, it just blows my mind every time I interview someone. So that's the podcast. And in terms of services, you, you can connect with me at jenhempill.com. I do have a membership, which is called Financially Strong Circle, uh, where we meet a couple times a month. And I prov- mm. and basically, as I provide you support. It's not like one-on-one coaching, but it's as I provide you support in a group setting for you to keep moving and become financially strong, become oh, financially that. stronger. Uh, so that is uh, something that I do do. It's so important to have accountability. And have an accountability partner. And I've mentioned this many times on the podcast that I have uh, many accountability partners, especially when I'm doing projects or when I'm working on something that's important to me. And money is important. Money is so important. Money can make or break relationships. And having an accountability or having somebody that can guide you, that can help you along the way is so important. So I love that you offer that service because it really gives people a, a place to go to, to, to feel empowered about their money. Yeah. And the last one that I would mention is my annual event, which is, um, has been virtual for the past two years. Oh, tell me about that. (laughs) It's uh, financially strong Latina. And for the past few years, I've been able to provide it for free and I'm really, really excited. We're in the starting to plan 2023, but when is that happening? I don't have a date yet. Oh, okay. It'll okay. be probably <laughs> <I'm> like, March. <laughs> Mar- I would say March 2023, but we haven't, I haven't, okay. we don't have a date yet. But really, the focus is I bring in Latino speakers to speak about money. So we have an empowering session. And then we talk about different topics about around money. And what I've really loved and appreciated about it is that, for example, I had a lady message me that was an attendee this past year. Uh, and me mando mensaje, me dice, empecé con nada. 
but now I have a 401k. I've yes. started investing in a Roth yes. uh, and, and yes. she started saving. So it was just that little push she needed. I think a lot of it, especially when financial education, sometimes it's like boring or especially when you look at those leaflets or pamphlets, you're like, I don't Mm -hmm, get it. But mm -hmm. financially strong Latina, what made it, what makes it different is I'm more bound to, you know, more prone to pay attention to it because I'm a Latina and we're like, oh, this is for me, right? Right. They're speaking to me, me, right? You're speaking my language. Yes. And so that's a part of what made it powerful. And it's not made to teach you the A to Z solution of your finances, but it's made to give you that little push uh, Mm -hmm. to move forward or to either start to keep going, to take it to that next level for whatever you're needing at this moment. And it's just really inspirational. I've been able to bring some amazing speakers and the other part I'm proud of too, especially in the Latina space, especially knowing that Latinas in terms of the gender wage gap, we're on the bottom of the, of that ladder. Mm -hmm. I've been able to pay them uh, with the support of my sponsors. So, uh, so that has been really, that was a really important part to me as well, because because it's yes, serving the uh, Latinas and, and financially educating them, but also on the other spectrum, I mm-hmm. wanted to make sure that I paid the speakers uh, because I think that's the right thing to do. And so I've been fortunate that had a sponsor the two years in a row that has allowed me to make that happen. So, so there is a wait list and it's over at my website. If you look up uh, jenhemphill.com and you go over to events, or it might just say financially strong Latina. You can watch uh, some snippets of last year's, uh, the past two years videos um, of what happened, and then you can sign up for the waitlist. So you're notified. Yes. Sign up for the waitlist. I'm going to sign up because I didn't know about, about the event, uh, but I'm definitely going to sign up because knowledge is power. I think a lot of the times we're just afraid when you don't know something you're afraid, but not having fear, not being comfortable, being able to take that plunge, that first step can be the difference, can really make the difference between you having a 401k, uh, you having enough money for a down payment for your first home. It can make such a big difference. Don't be afraid to take that first step. If, even if you don't know, nadie nació aprendido, como dice mi mamá, nadie nació aprendido, and you can, you can really empower yourself and, and get somewhere. I love that, Jen. JenHempHill.com is Jen's website. We are coming back with a fast round of questions. Así que no te lo pierdas. We are back and it is a show tradition here at the Latina Mom Legacy that we ask our guests a fast round of questions. Jen, this is your fast round of questions. All right. Hopefully I'm ready. (laughs) What is your biggest struggle as a mom? Biggest struggle as a mom for me is just knowing that I've done enough. Have I done enough? Knowing that my son's off in college and he has experienced a little more independence. It's that, it's that doubt or fear. Have I done enough to, have we done enough to raise them to that, to not just be independent, but to just be a, a good human being to, for him to continue for, to be protected. I I'm so pretty us mamas, we're so protective. So I think it's, it's the fear and, and really conquering that fear that I have to let things go. Mm-hmm. I know. I, I'm sure like when he left the house, that was like, a... <sighs> that was rough. <laughs> oh no, <laughs> Not looking forward to that. What is the best piece of advice that you've received from your mom or a Latina mom? 
The best piece of advice I think I have received is to go with the flow as hard as that is, as that is. And I've had to actually learn to go with the flow because I'm a planner and then I'm a military (laughs) spouse. I can't be really, I can be somewhat of a planner, but I have to go with the flow when things change. Right. Mm -hmm. And I have to be okay with that because that's the life that I live. So just to go with the flow. What Latino dish would you like to pass down to your sons and why? If they only liked it, <laughs> I would, I really, bueno, a changua, no sé si a ti te gusta la changua, a mí me fascina, changua. changua es básicamente agua, leche con un huevo y cilantro oh. y sal y pimienta, I know, <laughs> but I, it's a piece of mi abuelita and it sounds like when I describe it, they're like watered down milk with an egg and salt and pepper. That doesn't sound. But wait, wait, wait. The egg. Wait, wait. We have to. We have to decipher this because I don't know. <laughs> I've never heard of this, and I'm from Colombia. Es más del campo, yo creo. <laughs> Pero el huevo que es un huevo duro, un huevo frito. No, un huevo <laughs> se tira en, al al agua y como Crudo. el agua ya está caliente, ajá, se 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 cocina así. Y hasta mi abuelita le echaba, bueno, you know, un huevo revuelto y le echaba yo creo que era harina. Entonces cuando lo echaba la changua, it, it was, became kind of a breaded egg. It was so, I don't, I haven't been able to do that yet. But I think it's because that's a piece of mi abuelita and mm-hmm. I, I hold her so dear to my heart. So that's like part of my memories. And for me to just pass that on to them, if they would actually eat it. <laughs> I don't know if they would like that. <laughs> I love it. It's just a uh, un caldo. Tú oh, comes caldo funny. con papa, ¿cierto? Sí. Pero sin pero la papa. Le echa le- pero le echa leche. Exacto. Oh my God. I have to Google this. I have to Google this. I, I, I seriously have to Google. I'm going to ask es my mom. Es más del campo, I think. Mi, mi abuelita era campesina. Yo creo que es eso. How I don't know. funny. How funny. Okay. Yeah. And if and if they don't like that one, what, what's like the second one? I would say arepa. They'll eat that. No, arepa de choclo. Mm. Uy, me fascina. Hasta yeah. quiero una hora. Yeah, I would love to have one right now. Okay. What Hispanic home remedy do you swear by? <laughs> I know Vicks. Uh, you, it gets used around a lot. I mean, that's like the normal, but I think also the water, hot water with lemon and and uh, honey for like mm-hmm. la garganta. I mean, it's like a temporary, it does soothe your throat and then you're back with a sore throat. But uh, that's something that's been handed down. And I'm like, each time my kids have a cold, hey, you want some hot water with lemon and honey? <laughs> and they're like, oh, again, no, yes, it helps you. <laughs> Love that. This question is perfect for you. What has been the best piece of financial advice that anyone has given you? Oh, my dad, my dad sat me down to, for the money talk. And Mm -hmm. he talked to me about credit cards. And I think it's because he had experienced credit card debt himself. And he Mm -hmm. told me, he didn't tell me not to use credit cards, but if I were to use a credit card to only use it on purchases that I was going to be able to pay in full once the payment is due to not Mm -hmm. maintain a balance. And Mm -hmm. I have done that ever since. Oh, I love that. I love that. Okay, Jen. What do you want your legacy to be? Oh, goodness. I just, uh, my legacy, I want it to be one where 
we're just generous and kind human beings. I mean, I know we live in a time where there's so much polarity, right? Polarity. And where there's so much division. I think if we just take a moment to just be kind, I know it sounds, I feel like I'm being asked on a pageant. (laughs) What would you like? World peace. (laughs) But I really would love for people to see the importance of just kindness, generosity, complimenting people. And, and it sounds, maybe it sounds like very, like a pageant answer, but I just, I'm about making people feel good and, Mm -hmm. and, and I guess confident in themselves and just good about themselves. I would really want others to also embrace that as well. Thank you so much, Jen. Thank you so much for being on the show and for bringing uh, a little light into uh, the Latina moms and their homes. Uh, Real quick, where can my listeners connect with you again? Yeah, you can connect with me on my website, Jen Hempel, or everywhere. Just search Jen Hempel on social and you will find me. There you have it. Jen, ha sido un placer. Uh, I'm going to go. (laughs) I'm going to go Google Changwa. Uh, have a good one hun. Appreciate oh, thank it. you so much this this has been fun jen hempill empowers you to understand your money story and how that can have an impact on your life let's review her three habits to build financial confidence one keep track of your money wins how you do this is up to you but writing or having a visual reference for your money wins will help keep you motivated when it comes to financial matters Two, make a habit of talking about money. The more comfortable you become talking about money, the easier it will be when you do have to have difficult money conversations, especially with your partner. Three, keep track of your progress. Tracking what you are working towards and seeing your progress, even if it's small steps, will help you build confidence and a confident mujer is less likely to let fear stop her from moving forward. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Latina Mom Legacy Podcast. Como siempre, mil gracias. And if you'd like to connect with me, you can find me on Instagram at the Latina Mom Legacy or at mi legacy, spelled M-I-L-E-G-A-S-I. You can also sign up for La Lista and stay up to date with everything that's going on by simply clicking on the show notes in your podcast platform or visit thelatinamomlegacy.com and click on today's episode. You'll also find links to today's recommendations and show special. Finally, want to support this podcast? The best way to show your support is to write a review. Reviews are a way the podcast can get visibility and empower other moms like you to connect, create, and carry on our Latinx heritage. Un beso, un abrazo, y hasta la próxima. Ciao, ciao. What do you want your legacy to be?